Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 225. I, uh, really been going straight since I came back from this wedding. I'm a little overtired. You might hear it in my interview style this week as I talk to legendary local DJ and, uh, enigmatic, charismatic, uh, charismatic enigma, we'll call him, uh, Thomas D, a.k.a. the Techno Bad Guy, is back for the first time in four years. Wow, four years. Uh, also this week, Heather's back. Heather, we're happy you were back this week. She's yawning as I call her name. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, about uh, Tony Brindisi and Joe Marino. We're going to talk about falling for Utica. We're going to talk about my wedding experience. We'll talk about uh, history lessons. Uh, all that. So much more, folks. We are happy, as always, to have you here. Welcome back, folks. It's the Udcast episode 225. Uh, you know, last week, this is a true story. I didn't make this up. Kevin and I went to Price Chopper, and we bought a small cake, and we got it. We got like a, a frosting on the top that said, congratulations, Heather, for being here multiple weeks in a row. That's such a lie. <laughs> and if then, you have any left, though, I'll take it. <laughs> and then we immediately ate it. Although, Heather, I'm happy to have you back. Yay. Sorry. What happened? What happened? You, had, you had projects to do. I you had... were busy. Zoo proposals to write, Zoo and I was so proposals. behind. Like I had to, I had to write them. I had to stay at work and, and get stuff done. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's okay. Deadlines. Work is okay. I'm You're welcome, animals. Mark and Andrea, for getting all that work done. Because <laughs> Heather's indispensable, and I think you guys should promote her. That's yeah. just my. I, I like that. Yeah, you hear that? <laughs> yeah, hear that? indispensable. <laughs> uh, before we dig into anything. Uh, Heather came in and yeah, saw so our. Excited. We got a lot. Of, we got fast food stuff mailed to our house, like the resident stuff. And Heather's so excited about the Taco Bell coupons that yeah. came in the mail. What, what specifically are you excited about here? Buy one burrito supreme, get one free. It's a good deal. Two burrito supreme <laughs> for the price of one. I know it's like a good day um, if you ask me. But just for the course of it, we also got a one of these coupon things for Arby's. Now, Disgusting. do you where, first off before we. Where would you guys rank Arby's in the fast food hierarchy? Is it like a tier below the the top level fast food? It's foods? below everything. <laughs> you have it like wait, so you have it at the bottom. It's gross. I would put it below Taco Bell for sure. Wait, way below Taco I Bell. I would put it. Be, is it below McDonald's and Burger King though? It's yes. probably not that much different. Nothing. But the point is, they're doing an event called Meattoberfest, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and nothing on it looks good. Like I was looking at the sandwiches, and you can look them up on the internet if you want. Just some sort of gross beer cheese triple stack? Nasty. It doesn't... I don't know what looks appealing about it. I want you folks to go to Google after this podcast, obviously. Look up Meattoberfest beer cheese sandwiches and tell me if any of these look Just appealing Just the name to. of it coming from a fast food place sounds gross. The beer cheese triple stack? They have braised beef. Gabby, you do trust Slice deli meat heated up gross. Let's be sick. Do I trust the meat there? Yes. Yeah. I hope not. Me? Yeah, I mean, no, number one, like, actually, yeah, you probably have to. Mm-hmm. These people are all <laughs> yeah. deeply, deeply regulated and inspected yeah. for the sure. most part. Like, sure. I don't know. I've worked in too many restaurants to 
you would think if you've worked in a lot of restaurants, you would like distrust food at places, but I think it's quite the opposite. Because you like, see the quality control. You you see you see the quality control. You see what people are subjected to, especially on a corporate level, mm-hmm. and also you see when some corners are cut, and you see that like nothing actually happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking about this before we came on the air. Um, uh, you guys are a lot more freaked out by food than I am. No, that's yeah. true. Like, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are both, if it's been in the fridge for more than 18 hours, it's, it's dead not, to you. It's, it's dead. That kind of it thing. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't even see it anymore. Yeah, I don't really have that. Like, we don't, so we're probably on different pages there, too. So maybe, yeah, I mean, I trust the meat there. Do I want the meat for Meatoberfest? I'm not so sure about that. But, <laughs> like, meat. if I ate it, do I think I would be fine? Of course. Uh, so, folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, joining us this week for the first time, and this, we're laughing, this happens all the time. On the no-joke exact four-year anniversary of the last time he was on this show, on episode 215, we're joined by legendary local DJ and man of mystery, Thomas D., a.k.a. the techno bad guy. Uh, And I'll talk more about that in a second, but uh, I want to start here. I did not get to the Falling for Utica Festival. I know, I'm disappointed. I didn't see you. I didn't get back in time from the wedding, and if I did, I came home and went to sleep because I was overtired. But apparently, I was told it was one of the best events in terms of turnout we've ever had. It was so busy. Yeah. It was awesome. Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy the sack race? I didn't watch sack race. I was too busy with the kids painting pumpkins. Oh, you were doing the pumpkin painting? Yeah, I did. Are you excited for Haunted Handshake? We didn't talk about it. I am really excited for that. (laughs) I am. Something. Uh, So I'm really, I'm sad that I missed it. Um, and I really hope that the next event coming up, Barks and Brews, the Haunted Handshake, I hope we do a nice turnout as well for that because I want to be around for this next one. There's a ton of people there. Yeah, a ton yeah, of yeah. people. Uh, Kev, we were both at weddings this weekend. Yes. For different reasons. You were performing. Where, yes. were, you, where were you this weekend? Uh, we were at the Otisaga Hotel in Cooperstown. Ah. You ever been there? No. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> this place, it's number one, like Cooper, I don't know, you've, you've been to Cooperstown, both of you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooperstown, super rich, super old money, beautiful, like stuff from the 1700s. This hotel was built in 1909. It's like a, it's right on the lake. It's a cross between the Great Gatsby and the Shining. Mm-hmm. It's just a, colo- literally, it's <laughs> yeah. like a colossal, old, stunningly beautiful hotel, like you're walking on the hallways and you feel like you should see like the Roosevelts and the Fords and yeah, the yeah. Ruth walking through the hallways like and stuff. That. And it was really mm-hmm. cool that it's a it's a beautiful place and super professional level mm-hmm. staff like makes almost any like more modern hotel you've been to. I you really got to see a look at how the other half lives. The groom was a surgeon, the bride was a medical sales yeah. rep, the families, you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. was it was a stunning wedding. So it was a lot of fun to be there um, and to play. And it was interesting playing in a place like that. It was kind of a different experience. But it's cool because when you perform at a wedding, you're like a halfway guest. Because mm-hmm. you're hanging around and you're dressed up. You know, you're in your, your suit and tie and everything. And you eat. You know, they feed you just like everybody else. The wedding gets fed. You're hanging out. You know, they have a drink at the bar because you're there for a while. But nobody knows you and you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So you're just sort of hanging out with your group. So it's weird to be like a, almost like a ghost <laughs> guest at this wedding. So it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, so I was at a different wedding this week, and I was attending a wedding. Uh, shout out to uh, Ivy and Eric Ocampo Tuttle. Beautiful wedding. Had a great time. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, but I did break down a few things I wanted to discuss from my experience at this Jeez. wedding. Yeah, yeah. So first off, uh, you guys ever heard of Summit, New York? Is mm-hmm. where this wedding was? Yeah. yeah. I, it was funny because I brought it to a bunch of people, and no one knew where I was talking about. I'm lying. I never heard of it. You never heard of it? I, I didn't hear of it before either. <laughs> Uh, beautiful, beautiful little town. Great, great area. It's about an hour and 15 minutes south of here. And uh, the place where they had the wedding was at a venue called Seven Ponds Farm. And I only say this so you can go check it out because it was really cool. Look it up on the internet. They had their own observatory, like, built onto their land. Nice. It was really cool. Now, it was cloud cover, so we didn't use it. But still, pretty nice flex to have that on your property. Yeah, for sure. 
really beautiful venue, and we had a great time at the wedding. Uh, I will say uh, the hotel that I stayed in, which was 20 minutes away from that venue, I sent Kevin a picture of it. It was one of the most let's horrifying. Just say, let's just say we're lucky to have you here. <laughs> it was a murder hotel. Yeah. It, was a it was a murder hotel. What? 100% murder hotel. It was not haunted, although I am still haunted by the memory of it mm-hmm. uh, two days later. I think <laughs> I well, said... It was just, I think, because the way it was set up, it was one of those, like, all the... They're all on one side, all the rooms, mm-hmm. right? There's only one thing you pull up to. And it was on, like, a hill, and all the lights were, like, those yellow bug lights, and it gave the whole place this really gross, eerie glow. Bates to, Motel vibe. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say. I'll take a picture. I'll show it to you I'll in a minute. Uh, when I, you get out there, you have to. I'll sleep in my car. <laughs> you wouldn't sleep in your car. Um, then they'll come snatch you right out of That's even place. worse. You're out in the open. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scared. I'm so scared. What if somebody shows up at the hotel and makes me eat two-day-old food? Oh, my God. Or they give me old cheese or something. Old uh, cheese. Um, they literally age cheese. That's like the I, whole thing is that cheese is old. I sent Kevin a picture. I sent Kevin a picture. It was just like, if I don't come back, this is the last place I was. Send help. Like, I was just like, just in case. Uh, so that was that was quite the event. It was fine in in the end of the day, outside of a shower head that didn't give me enough pressure. But that's its own separate issue with hotels. Sure. Uh, I said this to you about actually going to the wedding, and I think you know again a lot of it is like these are some of my closest friends who were, you know, besides like you and sure. Stephen Park who haven't gotten married yet. Like these are some of my closest friends who I've been to a wedding to in a long time. So it was really great. But I thought it was weird because, like, the music that they played there is, like, the music that we like that I don't always hear at weddings. It was a lot of, like, Radiohead and LCD sound system. You can cut right to it. That was the hippest wedding you've ever been to. Yeah. And it was just weird. To, I've never been in a room where, like, multiple people are trying to sing along with a Radiohead oh, song me. at the same time. Like, it just I don't know if that's ever happened outside of, like, going to see them in concert. Sure. And... <laughs> Radiohead's not, like, a great sing-along band, especially, like, when they start getting real airy. He's like, It's like everyone's singing that, like, 50-plus people trying to do their best Tom York impression. Uh, But it was really fun. Uh, I sent my Snapchat, or my my Instagram live video about the birds that that live there. People seem very impressed. A lot of people. People. I heard heard from a lot of people. A lot of people like the birds. Like, what's going on out here? Yeah. I don't understand. I never post anything on Instagram. I know you should though. Oh, no, I know that's why people were like, "What's going I know, on?" I was actually paying attention. What's going on? No, I got a message about that in the night. The birds. Somebody's, like, somebody's like, "I've watched this five times. I'm weeping, laughing. I can't get over this." Message birds. I've ever seen. I'm glad. Yeah, that's no joke. That night, I received a message. I'm, I love it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and last but not least, uh, congratulations. Are begging for content from you. Begging. I know content. you should do it more. I don't think that I'm that funny. Apparently, I need a couple of drinks to be funny. Yeah, this you be the case. We gotta loosen up. Yeah, every night. It's always you been. Can I, can I say this? They were making some sort of fancy hipster drink there. I can't it was, believe it. It was, <laughs> it was like sake and tequila and some sort of like flower blossom in there. And it was yeah, yeah. amazing. I bet it was. Oh my god! It was so just about any time you get a drink made by someone who's like a real full-on mixologist like oh that, like a god. craft cocktail. Rarely are you gonna taste it and be like, "Oh, this is gross." They're almost always gonna be really good. Yeah. Maybe like this isn't for me. It's not my favorite, but yeah, yeah. people know what they're doing. They also had like a mint julep sort of like drink with a sprig of rosemary nice. in it. It was excellent. It was really good stuff, nice. man. And then also, I drank a lot of Utica clubs. Like, there's a ton of Utica clubs. Uh, great times. Congratulations once again to Eric and Ivy. Like, a great time. So happy for you folks. Uh, beautiful ceremony. It was nice to see a lot of, like, my New York City people I haven't seen in many years. Mm-hmm. I did notice a lot of them who were sort of talking about being a little tired in New York City. 
which is yeah, uh, of course. No, <laughs> which is listen, nobody, not nobody who lives in New York City ever wants to admit it to themselves because for whatever reason I'll take it as a weird badge of failure. But like, yeah, that shit really only kind of lasts for so long yeah. unless you reach a certain level or <laughs> yeah. you're a very specific type of person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, or unless you have something I going remember, on. Well, I remember we've had friends come up and visit from New York City who brought you know who brought other friends who've never been upstate or from New York, mm-hmm. and they come up here and they start asking about what we pay to live in this three bedroom apartment. And what different costs are? I mean, people are blown. Like people mm-hmm. are like weeping. They're like, "Wait, you pay what? <laughs> Wait, you split that number? Mm-hmm. We've had that happen right here in front of the fireplace on Sunday afternoons before. Yeah, oh, yeah. people you can really see in real time. People reevaluate. I'm paying what for my <laughs> apartment? I live in a closet. <laughs> mm. uh, so yeah, I had a great time. It was nice to see all the lads. Uh, you know. Thanks to everybody for making it great, and again, thanks to Eric and Ivy for letting me be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah, big congratulations! Awesome. It looked like even from like you know, I'm friends with a lot of those guys, and I saw a lot of stuff. It looked like a beautiful and wedding, it looked nice, and it looked like a perfect wedding for those two yes. as well. Yeah, you know, it was... sometimes you go to I like going to a wedding that feels personal. You feel like somebody's really having their wedding, not just like fill in the blanks. This is what you do at a wedding, mm-hmm. and it's just the same kind of like generic thing. I like a wedding that's really singularly cut out. For the bride and groom, that's cool. Uh, and I'll say this: this is something I see happen at weddings sometimes, especially with people I know. Like my buddy Adam gave a speech. A couple people I knew gave speeches, and they were all like, "My speech is going to tear the house down." Mm-hmm. Best speech of the night. And then in reality, the best speech of the night was like Ivy's uncle, who came in from the rafters <laughs> and just told some emotional story and like devastated the whole room. We're like that guy wins. It's the best speech we've ever heard. <laughs> that's what I did. When, I, when I gave the speech at my brother's wedding, was the best man. That's what I was going for. Was an emotional was emotional devastation and impact. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you'll I was that. really, oh yeah, burn it down. Because girls are ready to cry at weddings anyway. You might as well just add on to it. That's true. They're all yeah, dying emotional. So I think my brother, put something in at there. my brother's wedding, I think my brother was probably crying the most. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I still stay to this day. Uh, GFOP Chris Mandry gave a a wedding speech at our friend Aaron Bellardi's wedding that also tore the house down. Oh yeah, that, that was, was a really good one. that was a great one to this day. Really I wish one. I had that one on tape somewhere. Somebody must. Somebody must. Chris, Chris has taped himself drumming on packages <laughs> of hot dogs. That's like he, true. He knows how to get his content on film. All right, let's uh, let's get to this this content for the week because uh, I have a few stories, but I want to start with this first because sure. Uh, earlier on Twitter this week, uh, the story came out that uh, GFOP Anthony Brindisi, Congressman Brindisi. Uh, had, um, what's the word when someone not promotes somebody in politics? What's uh, the word? Endorsed, yeah. Yep. Had endorsed uh, Mayor Paul Mary for mayor uh, of Utica, even though in the primaries he had uh, he had endorsed uh, Joe Marino, who's also been on the show. And I and I was sort of confused at it when I first saw it, and I retweeted it, and I saw a lot of people responding to the retweet, a lot of our regular listeners, with like a little bit of anger and frustration. Uh, and I just wanted to get your guys' opinions or your thoughts on this. Like, I... In hindsight, it doesn't surprise me, considering that Joe is not technically the Democratic candidate. Like, I don't think he can endorse Joe. I feel like it'd be a bad look, necessarily, even though you know that they're, like, friends in real life. I don't know. That's sort of what I came around on after I was thinking about it. I'm not trying to, like, make excuses for him. But I wonder if there's something to just having to stay along your party lines. Do you know what I mean? Whether that's right or wrong morally. No one wants to touch it? That's fair. No, I, I'll tell you. I mean, what yeah. do you, are you asking? What do you say? Are you surprised that he didn't endorse Marino? Even no. though they're, no, you're no, not surprised. Even though they're close friends. Yeah. Are you actually I'm not surprised? I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that, like, you know, that I like it or I think it was the absolute most honorable mm-hmm. course that could be taken or it was the proper stand on principle, but, like, it's the reality. It's just reality. It's the way yeah. that it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's, you can't have your freshman 
congressman in the Democratic Party from his hometown city not endorse that candidate, whether rightly or wrongly, like, which right. is not the way that it works. And, like, yeah, it's, you know, politics as usual and all that stuff, but, like, that's just kind of what that game is. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm positive there was a phone call before I was just going to say, that. do you think there was a phone these call? People talk, I mean, these yeah. people talk. These people are friends. It is what it is. I'm sure mm. they're like, hey, listen, and I'm sure that, you know, the response on the phone was like, hey, listen, I get it. I understand. I know how it is. Mm-hmm. It's I love you anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm sure that was the case. Mm-hmm. And I get why people are frustrated. You know, there's... Same thing where, you know, Brindisi is one of the only people, one of the Democrats left in the House of Representatives mm-hmm. who doesn't back the impeachment inquiry. Yeah. And that's really obnoxious, too, that you're not taking a stand on that. But I get why in such a competitive district with Tenney coming back around again, yeah, where it's going to be a close yeah. margin, I understand why you've got to take certain positions because we do have a lot of rabid maniacs mm. that will, you know, call you a, a deep state uh, yeah, deep state operative. operative, yeah. All that loony, <laughs> yeah. leftist, libtard type. Yeah. Like type. you said, hot chocolate milk is good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we know what we have going on now. That's <laughs> right, but yeah, yeah, you'll get, you'll get that Can type of nuanced like, critique from some of the I'll people. Still, I still like you, but we need to talk about that. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong? What happened with the milk? Oh, they're trying to get uh, chocolate milk out of public schools because it's not healthy for kids. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one as <laughs> he well, yeah. He said that, because he wants to help the farming community, but he said that he's for it because chocolate milk is healthy and good for you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, give the kids chocolate milk. Let's pull the soda machines out of schools first. No, let's get rid of all of it. Well, yeah, right, yeah. but, like, if, if chocolate milk is the difference between a kid not drinking milk and drinking milk, I think that's mm. that's not the hill you really want to die on, I think, with school lunches <laughs> and nutrition and school lunches. That's actually funny, though, because I saw, when I was driving down to Summit, I saw a lot of, like, dairy farms that mm-hmm. had, like, advertisements out front, like, bring back milk. Like, milk's the best. It's like the milk, the return to milk is, is coming hard. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's what pays those people's bills. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. dairy farmers have taken an absolute yeah. beating even with the bailout that they got. You know, farmers are getting mm-hmm. killed. And, you know, for those people, it's like, yeah, listen, I, I get it. You can say what you want, but, like, if we don't sell this milk, like, my family's not going to eat and we're going to yeah. lose the farm and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. very real. So, um, I don't have any other takes on this necessarily. I guess the reason I brought it up is because I initially, when I first saw it, I sort of was, like, frustrated and annoyed. It took me a little bit of time to come around on it. And I guess I'm surprised that I was surprised initially. I, I mean, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't like, I mean, I wish that, I'm concerned, I wish there was more noise being made about the mayoral race as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like it's it's a pretty good job is being done of keeping it on the back burner for people. And I feel yep. like we here locally right now should be in a fever pitch about this mm-hmm. election and we're not and i'm not exactly sure why not i've got some ideas some theories that go in a lot of different directions but like i really wish that we were yeah. i wish this was a larger conversation happening with a little bit more um intensity in our area no that's a really good point actually because i do feel like it has sort of like quietly it's come upon us in a in a 100%. way that like people really aren't talking. I'm seeing signs weeks away and nobody's yeah. talking about it. Do you think because bigger things are happening in the community right now that seems really small to people, like the the Q well, Women's Center, the um, new place opening in Marcy, but that stuff the hospital. All, that stuff all revolves directly around it, though. I know, yeah. but I don't. know. That stuff should make the conversation even more. Pitch. Yeah, like with this Kelberman controversy, this should be a huge point mm-hmm. of contention. If the you know if these guys see differently and talking about it and like having a real conversation about what direction we want to go in leadership, I think all those lenses should only make the conversation larger. And it's strangely very absent right now. Are we gonna get a debate? Do they get debates? In no, they're not gonna debate. Paul Mary won't debate anybody. Number one, mm, uh, he's no. he won't debate. I went to a debate when he was running the year he won. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a primary debate. Yeah, like yeah. Five people is the other side, um, <laughs> and I watched that and it was crazy. It was a long time ago now, but. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's done debating. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. 
we went longer than I thought on that, so I'm just going to move to the last story of this one for the week, and I'll save the other stuff for later. Uh, this is a, a segment that I'm thinking about bringing on. It's called Thanks, I Hate It. It's a, it's a product or something that I've seen that has given me anger. Oh, and geez. today, that product is something called Inkbox. Are you guys familiar with what Inkbox is? No. no. It's a box you get. In the mail with ink in it. Box full of ink. Box full no. of ink. Tattooing. Ink. Tell you what, CIA is going to come calling for those <laughs> analysis skills. Ink well, box. Let me see. I saw a commercial on uh, for Inkbox last week, and yeah. the opening line for the commercial was, do you want a tattoo but don't want any of the commitment? Inkbox! And it's basically long-term temporary tattoos that you can buy and put on without the commitment of having to have a tattoo forever. Uh. And I can see where their marketing idea is. I can see there's going to be a lot of like kids who buy into this and like want to do it. It's a great business idea. I hate it so much. It makes this is I'm I hate this more than I hated the uh, the Glenlivet uh, packets of whiskey that Chewables, we complained yeah. the chewable whiskey we talked Blah. about. Yeah, I hate this so much, and it goes against like the whole idea of like what a tattoo is to me. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys have a take on this, but I've been so annoyed about this for a couple days. I feel like it's for somebody who doesn't, like, they're just trying, I don't know, up their cool factor or something for a little bit and then go away. I don't know. It's Or people are indecisive about who they are. The only Maybe. way... The, oh, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, that aspect doesn't bother me at all. I don't have any, like, emotional uh, commitments to the idea of, like, what a tattoo is and what it means. And mm-hmm. If you want to put this stuff on yourself, like, that's all fine and good. You want to dress up, that's all... Where I do take issue with this, and I don't know if I've fully gone on the record, I think we've talked about it yeah. here, but I'm a firm believer that if you pay for a subscription box style service, you know, subscription boxes, mm-hmm. which is what this is, really, yeah. there is a subscription box, um, you're a mark and you're a fool, and <laughs> I think anytime you're paying for a subscription box, you're getting worked, for the most part. Yeah, and I think this, this is just, I mean, this is a specifically egregious example, but... If you're paying somebody thirty bucks a month to just set to box up and send some random shit to your house, you're getting. Played. You gotta do what I do. You gotta do what's called stitch fix. You get played. Fix. I've heard about stitch fix. And you fix. get all the stuff, and you don't pay anything monthly. It comes mm-hmm. to your house monthly, and then you pick what you want and send it back. Or you yeah. don't send that. You don't take any of it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind that's, of a different thing. That's when different. people do that, or when people do like you know, obviously people do like you know, mm-hmm. festival cops and that. Yeah. I'm into all that kind it's, of stuff. But, like, I, there's people, I know people, and I've seen advertisers, people like, oh, get the, like, survival gentleman box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every month, every month we're going to send you, like, a knife and a handkerchief and this cool pack of matches and what about- this weird book and this strap of leather. And next month you're going to get more crap that you don't need boxed no, your house. And we're going to charge your credit card in perpetuity for thirty four ninety five a month. Until the end of time. What about something like... That's foolish. Yeah, what about terrible. something like Dollar Shave Club, which is something that is... That's something you're using. Again, that's like, that's that's like if you yeah, subscribe for expensive. like... I know people who yeah. subscribe for like dog food, because mm-hmm. they got a bunch of dogs right. around. The dog food's yeah. going to have to be here. People who put yeah, like... Yeah, we have it for cat food. People who put like their, you know, their mm-hmm. toilet paper and yeah, like yeah, house sure. soap yep. and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yep. That's all we fine and good, but sending a box of random miscellaneous shit to your house once a month... You're, you're a mark and you're getting worked. And, and most of those people are getting that stuff for a really, really good deal. So they're making a ton of money off these. Of people. course they are. Ton. They're just boxing. I'm trying to get into the racket myself. Yeah. But like, what can I box up and sell to people on a monthly subscription? Anything on this Integrity. Uh, table. Integrity. <laughs> books. 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 I'll, send, I'll send you five books a month. The book box. $10 a month. I'll send there's you five be, books a, a month. Book, book thing. Adult books. And they're terrible books, though. Whoa. 
Adult books. Adult book box. Can't be mailing adult books to people. Not this era anymore. Uh, All right, so uh, I'll I'll leave it with this. When I get when I went to get my first tattoo, I went to Eternal Images on its old location, right? Yeah. And I just so happened to this again one of those weird coincidences. When I went in there to get my tattoo, the one of the first person people I saw was my longtime friend, still friend, Anthony Colenzo. Shout out to Anthony Colenzo. And he was there, and he was getting a tattoo as well. And it was the first one I'd ever gotten, and it was not his first one. And he said to me, and I was, like, nervous about it. And I was, like, asking him all these questions. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, what's it feel like? Is this going to hurt? Like, how long? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, yes, it is going to hurt. He's like, think about this like a rite of passage. And you're, like, you're going through something. And when you go through the, the, the process and the few hours and the pain, at the end, you'll have this thing. And it will be completed and you'll have gone through this process and it'll be there and you'll feel like it was something, right? You were a part of something. The idea of the ink box feels like it robs you if you've gone through any sort of process to get to what you've done. Like, there's no sacrifice to get there. I'm not saying that tattoos are only good because they hurt, bro. But I'm sure. saying, like, there's a there's something to that that always sort of stuck it's with like me. like a story with everyone. Yeah, it felt like I remember every tattoo I got and where I was when I got them because I remember the process of going through it. Mm-hmm. And it brings me back to, like, different times from when I got them and different reasons, right? Sure. It doesn't have to be like that for everybody. No. And if you want to use an inkbox tattoo to, like, put one on your arm and see, I don't think I like this, then salute, right? Maybe not for you, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the I people like who are getting this are not doing it for that and reason. And you're backwards in life when you get temporary tattoos when we were little. Like now, yeah. they're like, now you get them when we're older. You get it for a wedding. Stupid. <laughs> it's I'm gonna stupid. Get I think it's stupid. Yeah, well, because like, what do you when you say you know as long as people are just like trying? I mean, what what do we think people are trying to do with these anyway? Because if you know people, like if I came in and I had a fake <laughs> tattoo on my neck, your neck, and then it wasn't there two weeks later, you know, I'm just on, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm exactly. Obviously, so people obviously are passing off like, oh, look at this new tattoo I got because obviously it's gonna be yeah. gone. So I don't see it as any different than people wanting to play with different. Um, you see a lot of people doing different like makeup looks now. You know, you're seeing people doing more extreme, trying like experimenting with makeup and different hairstyles, hair colors, different. Mm-hmm. It's not really any different than that for me. It's just kind of another accessory, and I don't like put tattoos in a special little box outside of like an eyeshadow or a lip piercing or mm-hmm. whatever else it might I feel be. Like it's whatever. I'd be deceived if I met a guy and he had this really cool tattoo and I found it attractive and then like it was gone like two weeks later. I feel like who is this guy? And Yeah. That like would, that I would mean, be I don't know. I just yeah. would be very upset about that. It would be, I mean I feel like if you were the type of person who was into it you would have to be honest about someone's like oh I like your tattoo but like oh actually I signed up for this weird box I'm just messing around. I hope but so. I feel like this box isn't targeted to like adults who are meeting partners. Like this is for kids. Okay. So like 19 year old kids with too much money on their parents credit card to subscribe to so they can do it for the gram and get clout that's what's going on so uh, to the folks behind Inkbox and their products thanks I hate it uh, let's get to this week's interview uh, with the mysterious the the I'm trying to think a good uh, elusive elusive enigmatic mystery, the enigmatic one uh, Thomas D Thomas Dilworth aka the techno bad guy we had a great conversation about uh, working weddings about DJing about anxiety about music about lots of stuff great conversation Thomas D will be back in just a moment
also haven't uh, burned my computer on since I... Now we're recording, by the way. Okay, is this thing on? Everything's on now. We're recording. No one can tell if it's on right now. Okay, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> tapping the microphone. I'm just tapping the microphone. Um, uh, you hate this microphone a lot, you said, right? I already know that. I, uh, <laughs> I knew that this was the uh, wrong microphone for the job. And I think that, like, if you're invested in this podcast, then perhaps you should invest in some equipment. That is industry standard. You you know what the industry standard... Uh, uh, hang on a second. <laughs> I have to... Hang on. No, He's I already to, trying to edit out No, this. you know what I did? I, I left the metronome on. Now I have to, like, fix the metronome. Yeah, Hang okay. on. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to find this now. General, where's the metronome? Uh, nope. What am I doing? Why is it there? I don't want it. I don't it. know. Oh, my God. I'm screwing this whole thing up. Okay. Hang on. I can still hear it. Okay, we're back with no metronome. That was horrifying. Uh, I can tell right now we are. Uh, let me go check the time. I can't. I think we're probably thirty seconds. We're a minute into this interview, and I regret immediately that I brought <laughs> you on because I'm like, like, what this, uh, this, this microphone? Well, well I don't I can, know. I can tell already that you're you're ready to go. You seem you seem hyped up today. I'm impressed. Bit. You're a little hyped up. It's good. I am. I am. I had a good. Uh, it was a nice. It was an energizing. Uh, Last few days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so let's let's just start right there real quick. Let, we'll get that out of the way. Okay. This weekend, uh, I mean, and they're never going to listen to it because they're too cool and they live in Brooklyn. Uh, you and I were in a mutual wedding. You were DJing at the wedding. I was there at the wedding for our my friend uh, Eric Tuttle and his wife, Ivy Ocampo-Tuttle. Congratulations to Eric and Ivy. Absolutely. Congratulations. Beautiful couple. And uh, I tweeted during the event, I might have had a few drinks in me when I said it, um, how best best wedding soundtrack I ever heard. Thanks to thanks to the techno bad guy for all the vision and uh, and you were the only person who liked it. So thank you. Oh really? <laughs> you're, you're the only I don't even remember that. <laughs> I do remember though. Uh, the next uh, day, I saw uh, you went on on a on a nighttime stroll. I went and to the car. Saw the, the, the birds and the birds. Right? I didn't understand. I I thought. Are I those red lights, heat lamps to keep the heat them warm? Lamps. Right, yeah. And I assume I thought that that was just a pack of birds because I'd seen them walking around the parking lot earlier. Oh, you thought they were just like wild. I thought they were birds? wild birds. Oh, really? And oh. then it wasn't until later I was like, oh, these are the house birds. They just live here at this weird place. Yeah, in the middle right. Of nowhere. Right, right. And I um, think, uh, I think, okay. Well, they had. Uh, I believe that the the white and black, the white and black yeah, bird, the pheasant, that uh, looking thing. Yeah, I asked uh, one of the um, managers of the 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 facility what type of bird they were, and yeah. I think they were a, a guinea hen. A I'm guinea not, hen. A okay. guinea hen. Right. And they were uh, they were a lot more boisterous than the regular uh, yes. roosters and chickens. And I believe that they would go out because where I was um, where I was put up. There was some type of bird scuffle yeah, yeah, in yeah. the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. At the, at the place? Right, right. And, and like, uh, right. Then, like, uh, I was, oh, like, man. up. Like, basically, I was up. And uh, the guinea hens were out early. <laughs> just battling. In- <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they were constantly just, like, like running around. I mean, oh. maybe that's, like, what they do is they get up at the first crack of dawn and run around and, and do that thing. And... It seems like the uh, the 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 regular chickens and and uh, roosters would come out later in the day. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't know what their schedules are, or whatever. <laughs> but they were all roosted together, 
Like, it was a great visual. They, yeah, right. It, it was. was. It was very Twin Peaksy with all the red lights on it and oh, the yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is like, I feel like I'm in the, uh, the whatever it is, the Black Lodge yeah, right now. Yeah, it was now. beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, Thomas, I sometimes this happens, and it happens a lot on this show, and I swear to God I didn't plan this. The last time you were on this show was October 15th, 2015. Which means today? Today is October 14th as we record this. 2015? Four years. exactly four years and 210 episodes ago since the last time you were on this show on episode 15. You were our 15th guest on this show. Uh, And if if you're wondering why How many more listeners do you have now? More. Significantly more, I would say. (laughs) At 15, I don't even know if we had 100, I don't think, at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the reason I never brought you back is because I assumed that you hated all of this, that you never wanted to do it again. I, I am time. terrified of it. Really? This, yeah, I am. Absolutely this bothers you. Really? Well, yeah, sure. Huh. I mean, like... Um, what is it about it that makes you... Is it just talking about yourself? Does that make you... Sure, right. Yeah, that is kind of a thing. Like, who what? Like, like, when I hear other people talking about themselves, it's like, wow, how do they have so much confidence to talk about themselves? Right? <laughs> is that a thing? Well, in my early 30s, I've come to this term when I'm... Because I'm like a single dude and I go out on dates and stuff. I hate all my stories now because I've been telling the same stories for so long and I'm like, God, all my stories right. are the worst. Right. I never think about the, the fact that someone else might never have heard it before, so it might not be... Terrible to them, but I'm always like, God, I need better stories, man. I got to do something else. Right. Uh, I think it's, t- I find it troubling to talk about myself as well. Mm-hmm. So I decided to have a podcast and talk about myself every week instead. As a, <laughs> wow. That is like, that is like, um, yeah, that is, uh, insight. <laughs> now, uh, one of the thing, and we don't have to get controversial or political yet, although I'm going to save it for later because I have some good stuff for you. Uh, when we talked about, the last time you were on this podcast, four years ago, mm-hmm. the main thing we talked about on the show mm-hmm. uh, was gun control in America. So four years really? later, we're still talking about wow, it. Yeah. Really? We did? Well, not you and I. I oh, mean, yeah. The show itself was oh, talking yeah, right, about right, it. Right, and right, glad right. to see yeah, yeah. Uh, what <laughs> nothing has changed since now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I want to ask you a couple different things. Okay. Um, so you were at a wedding this weekend that we were at, and you were working with like people you know. Yeah, and probably this is probably not the first time this has happened for you, or you've been asked to come. Absolutely, in. yeah, right. Do you find that more or less sort of awkward as a thing to do to DJ for somebody you know? I can kind of see both sides that it could be better or worse. Um, awkward isn't the right term. Not the right term. Right. I am. I am. Well, first of all, honored. Honored, certainly, of course. Uh, to be um, re- requested to. Mm-hmm. To anybody that I knows, of what I, and who knows what I do, yeah, I like, I am completely like yes and gracious, thank you. Well, that's cool because I feel like right. some people might see it as like a burden. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, oh yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, a yeah. burden, yeah. but it's a bo- uh, it's a burden that like, and, um, honorable sounds, burden. <laughs> it's an honorable burden. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's kind of like, like, like when, when I say it out loud, it's like oh wow, any I am so, like, and here I am talking about myself listen, now, and I feel awkward listen. about it because it's like it's like yeah right. Well, somebody asked me to. Do their wedding? Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, I that who knows me and knows what I do and knows that they want me to do yeah. their wedding and understands that like I will bring a certain sensitivity yes. to their their event, mm-hmm. their very special event. Yeah, yeah. Then I am more than like, yes, I cannot refuse. Yeah, yeah. Right. And in not refusing, I cannot in not being able to refuse. <laughs> yeah. I take on a certain burden. Responsibility, right? yeah, 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 yeah. a responsibility, and it is a, an emotional burden. Yeah. Because if I screw up yes, at exactly. their event, then mm-hmm. that is like... Uh, like They'll remember it. I am sorry. 
that I did yeah. that. And like I cannot screw yeah. up this thing for that. That's true. See, you, way, see, you don't see it that way. No, I see. No, because I was thinking about it from the spec. Like you, you know Eric, and you know the boys, and you know the kind of like music that we like and the stuff we listen to, and yeah, the kind of right. crowd we're gonna get. Yeah, sure. So you can almost kind of feel like this crowd's gonna like the music, and I can sort of have a more of a loose time in this kind of thing. Yeah, I right. feel like it's probably tough for you to go for like a stranger's wedding, who's like, these are all the songs I want to play, and you're like, oh, geez, these songs. Well, like, even my friends will do that. Yeah, well, that's fair. And too, even I people suppose. know that, like, uh, they will do that, and I'll be like, I will. I, like in most situations, I will be like, and this is well, this is what it is: is that like I see a lot of DJs, and I hear a lot of complaints from people who have wedding DJs that play absolutely none of the songs that they ask for. That they ask yeah. for, and like I felt, I felt, I feel like like if I can put in as many of these goddamn songs mm-hmm. as I possibly can, then uh, I'm doing. The right thing, mm-hmm. right? Even if I don't know them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they also want me to be um, myself. Yeah, yeah. In my DJ capabilities, <laughs> right? But, like, I see a lot of DJs who just don't, like, like I've heard complaints from people who, who've, uh, who've had wedding DJs completely ignore all of mm-hmm. their personal requests. Well, the comparison in my head, and you can tell me if I'm off base on this or not, is sort of like... A tattoo artist, right? Some people go to a tattoo artist and they say, I want this exact thing. Give me this exact picture. Do it exactly like this. And you go, okay. Or you have, like, I had a tattoo artist who did a lot of my work who after a couple, you know, knowing him the way I knew him, his style, I was like, you know what? Here's what I want, but, like, do your thing. Yeah, Because right. I, I trust that I know what you're going to do and I like your style. Right. And I wonder, is it sort of, do you get that? Like, do people give you a few songs and then say, we trust you to, like, take the rest? Or is it sort of one or the other, generally? Um, yeah, it's both. It's both, yeah. It's, it's both, yeah. It's, I, uh, it's, yeah, it's both, but I don't know. Like, what's the weirdest like, song request you've ever gotten at a wedding? That's probably a tougher question to ask. Like, I'm sure people just come up to you and ask for requests to give you requests all the time. You know what? I'm so stressed out that I can't remember anything. From the- <laughs> I can't remember any requests. You know, it's like, it's like, I can't remember anything... Um, all I'm looking for is smiles on the bride and groom's exactly. face exactly. the entire time. If I'm getting like like kudos the entire mm-hmm. time and there's happy people doing happy things, then I know I'm doing the right thing. It's supposed to be a celebration, and my job is to facilitate mm-hmm. that celebration. And if that's not happening, at a, like I've been to weddings where that's not happening. Yes. Everybody's oh, yeah. been... At weddings where that's not happening, and it's, it's, right. Now, let me ask you this question, because you, you know, on Saturday, October 26th, unless I booked this wrong, you're doing Nail Creek's Halloween event this year? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's more, that's not a wedding, that's just like an outdoor event. Like, they're just, you're just doing your thing. Like, they're booking you. Is it outdoor? Set. No, it's going to well, be, it's going to be Well, inside. whatever, I, I just It's going to be too cold to be. I just mean it's not like, it's a public event that people can go to. I don't sure. mean like a private event like a wedding. So right. when you go to that, you're setting up like a set that you know you're going to play all. Like you know your whole set when you go into something like that. Absolutely not. You no. always have to crowd read. Okay, so you're always doing. Okay, that's interesting because I feel right. like some people probably like set up their whole thing if they're gonna. Do you think do, I should? I don't know. I, I feel I, like I should. I don't know enough about how DJing works as a concept, like how to mix music and all stuff right. like that. But because you always when I. I'm going to embarrass you for just a second. Well, there's I, thematic... Oh, okay. Huh. You embarrass me. Because when... It, I don't think... You know, you're going to sound stupid. I don't think it's understating 
like how important it was for like me and like Adam and Eric and those boys to like go watch you DJ when we were younger when you were doing like live record spinning at like Space 26 yeah, right. to like have somebody who it felt like do you know what I mean? Understood like the music that we were into at that time, right? Like wanted to play right. like cool music and like interesting music from a different era. We liked going to see it, and uh, it meant something. You know, it was important to us, and like you became like an important figure because of it. Even though I think you hated our guts. No, no, no. You guys were great, actually. Like uh, you guys were great. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly what you're trying to ask me. Well, here. I guess my question, like, but that back then it felt like you, like you were just playing songs that people wanted to play, songs you liked. You didn't come into those like Space Twenty Six shows knowing you were going to play. But no, I mean, it was like a five-hour set. I mean, who knows? Like, if there's somebody who knows what they're going to play for five hours straight and yeah. has a playlist, hmm. like designed for five hours straight. Yeah. I guess then they're not, not playing to the. Yeah. They're not playing to the evening. They're not mm-hmm. playing to the crowd. Okay. And that. Well, okay, okay, that. That setting, that five-hour set setting yeah. is is what really teaches you how to, like, read the crowd. Right, right? sure. And that's important. And I think... Uh, well, because like, the closest that, analogy I can make from my experience was playing in a band. And, like, right. even though we had, like, maybe we'd be playing for two hours, we did have to go out and, like, set list everything we were doing before. Right, we yeah. weren't really... Re, like we could make changes on the fly, but it, it felt like impractical for us to not have like our full set listed out for us. But I guess that's probably the difference between right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, sometimes I'll be like, okay, well, these are like kind of like waypoints that I want to get okay. to. That makes okay. That makes sense to me. Right. Too. Like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe these uh, like few mixes will like be like, and whatever happens in between, if I hook them with that like mix, mm-hmm. then like I can, you know, do. I mean, it's mostly improvisation. So, like, then get to this waypoint and whatever, then, like, you know, and it is, it is mostly all just crowd reading. And I think that is the most valuable valuable uh, skill that anybody who uh, is going to be DJing for five hours straight mm-hmm. is going gonna, is gonna to benefit from learning. And the, the real problem is, is that, like, a lot of DJs don't get that opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Or have, a, like, a... Or have like a like a bunch of songs that the uh, bunch of songs that they can do that in for a very uh, very uh, diverse crowd. I mean, now, I've had a question for you because I think this is an interesting one. I was telling my students today when I was on this, I had to go on a college field trip today. We took some kids up to a trip, and I was talking about music. And I basically was like, I kind of stopped listening to music in 2008. Like, all the music I listen to, I feel like, is in like this one big period. Sure. And now I feel like I don't listen to quite as much music. With the way that you have to, like, you're DJing, you're doing stuff, do you listen to modern, are you connected to, like, modern music at all? Do you pay attention to, like, what's current, or do you find that to be hard as you get older? Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, it does get, it does get hard. And, um, I don't know, I, like, some people have told me, some DJs that I, like, like uh, respect who do it, like, way more, like, who do it regularly, they're working DJs say that, like, bring in new blood yeah. into your circle so you can be like stay connected to that thing and unfortunately like i feel like in this area there isn't really a lot of those like like well i don't know them and maybe that's my fault because mm-hmm. you know yeah you no know, but i feel like uh i don't feel like there's a lot of like i don't see a lot of kids you know? no dude that's i mean i said that today i was like when i was growing up and i was playing in high school in bands and doing that like live punk music kind of scene there were other people in other bands in other schools that we knew, right? 
now I think the actual mechanics of how people make music and how people listen to music are different. If there are kids who I know who are making music, they're making it on a computer alone in their room. They're yeah, not right. doing like this sort of group sort of thing, yeah, right? right? Also, I think there's a lack of venues for people nowadays. There, yeah, there is yeah. a lack of venues, I feel. Um, I agree with you on that. Also, at the same time, it's like not so like hard to like just go on Spotify. That's and true like too. see the like, charts and be like, oh, I can go out this Friday and every like if it's like a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. like you know, twenty one year olds, like yeah, <laughs> like this is what they're they're listening to. Those are the numbers, you know. I mean, you never just struck, play those songs. You never struck me as like a pop music person in general. No, I'm like not a, a pop. Is there music any person. like current pop music that you even know or care about? Like any of it that hits you at all? I, I don't have much, so I can't. I'm not. I'd be a hypocrite if I said I had any, but no. No, I mean, I feel like it's, like, always there. Yeah. So you can always just, like, hey, like, if you're, like, going through the... Yeah, and this is a funny thing. Like, uh, I'm listening to the radio, like, yeah. all day. Like, and it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, hardly anything there. And I know, like, you know, there's, like, hot stuff, right? And you know it, right? And mm. it's good, you know? I mean, that's what it is. Like, if it catches my ear, then, like, oh, yeah, I like it, and I'll play it. Yeah. Right? Well, I feel like I've gotten old. When I was younger, and I was a little bit angrier about the music I listened to and what I thought was like important about music, I think this was the big shift. I was always looking for a reason to hate a song before I would, before I even like. Yeah, right. Okay. Now in my thirties, am I? I'm sort of like, ah, this one's all right. I don't even know what this is, but this is okay. <laughs> and I feel like yeah, I'm right. more, I'm more apt to be positive about something. I don't think you should let that sentiment go. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna keep that because on. I feel like that, like, like, I mean, you know, like. How I feel about oh, it. Okay. So I was just like, I'll be like, no, this is garbage. Like, like, <laughs> you've never. I'll been listen shy. to ten, ten yeah, seconds yeah. and I'm like, no, this is like complete garbage. Yeah. And I feel like um, you shouldn't let that go. Mm. And I feel like those. Uh, I mean, because <laughs> it's terrible to say. I mean, like, like, yeah, no, this is garbage. I know it, like, right off yeah. the bat. But like, to to like have your senses honed about like music. Sure. Is a good thing. I mean, like, and it's like, okay, well, no, this has redeeming qualities. Is like, like, okay, well, that's uh, like for me, it's like, oh, this has redeeming qualities. I can see why people like it. Whereas, like, it's like, this is just straight up garbage. And if somebody likes it, then like, I feel, I fucking feel sorry for. Them. And that's a terrible <laughs> thing to like. But that is like the same thing that you're. I feel no. sorry for people who like this. Like, yeah. and that was that angry punk thing that you're talking about. Yeah. It's like, and it's like we talked about aesthetic with punk music mm-hmm. a long time ago. Like, oh, punk music, blah blah. blah. Yeah. And it is an aesthetic, and it is yeah, it's like, more like than sound. I've always thought aesthetic is the important for punk music. Right. Yeah. I thought it was like a, like the aesthetic is the yeah. the ideals mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah. Not was, so yeah. much the sound because if you like, uh, if like punk music, there's a, a lot of mm-hmm. punk bands. Who don't, like, fit into a certain sound. Yeah, I go back right? to, like, The Clash and, like, Elvis Costello. And right. It's like, if you listen to these songs, you wouldn't necessarily think this is a punk band. But right. it was him, you know, Elvis Costello was writing songs about, like, British politicians he didn't like. And, yeah, song, sure. and getting banned on radio stations. That's pretty punk, right? right? Like, Yeah, right. And even the sound, well, if you want to go back to sound. Yeah. Like, The Clash's, like, trajectory mm. is, doesn't really fit into that loud, guitar-y punk. No. Right? Yeah. And they're also, like, uh, they're also very political. Yeah. Too, as well. Smart. So, you're very smart, right. intelligent style songwriting, yeah, right. too. Yeah, and they're not, like, trying to adhere to this sound or whatever. Did you ever listen to Minutemen? You a Minutemen guy at all? No. They were another band who's, like, a punk band in aesthetic kind of 
only. It'd be kind of hard to categorize them as a punk band otherwise. But again, another one of those bands, right. hard to pigeonhole, but it's sure. just that mindset of how they want to produce their music right. and what their message is that gives them that sort of punk leaning. Yeah, right. Mm. Do you write original music now? Like, are you out, like, do you do, like, I, it's hard, I guess that's kind of hard to say. Like, I don't know how you describe that, but do you um, do, like, production I'm, work? Or? Yeah, I make stuff yeah, yeah. here and there. Because I have some of your older stuff floating around from back in the day. Oh, really? I have that, like, that Halloween Monster Mash song that you did. Oh, that yeah, I still have that. I use that every year. I love that song. Yeah. I love that Monster Mash remix. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, and it sounds so good. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I just, like, did that as a one-off, and it, like, just translates well. It's like, wow, how did I make this sound so good <laughs> and being so, like, just, like, haphazard about it, right? You know, yeah, but I'll make stuff, but. I'm just very self-conscious about that type of thing. Well, that's... So it's like... I have a lot of things about that, actually, that I've thought about over the years. Like, Kevin and I have said, you know, I've been writing music since I was about, you know, 15, right mm -hmm. in that area. One of, I never thought that I was the best guitar player or the best, like, technical well, guy. Aren't. But what I knew how to... It's true. I'm not. Uh, but what we always thought that was our strength, at least me and him, was we knew when a song was over. It's like... This is the end of this part. Move to the next part. I know guys who will take a song and work on it for three years. Wow. And they'll just like overdub 9,000 things. I'm like, if you don't have like a limit, you're never going to get to the end. You got to just call yeah, it. Yeah, right. I don't have that. You're you're yeah. like speaking the exact polar opposite of yeah. what I feel like. Like I will work on something and now like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's never over. And it's it becomes more of like a, a torture chamber of my own design to like try to like... Uh, that's one of the nice hangovers from the punk rock thing because most punk rock songs are like minutes. three minutes or less. So you got to get through like bang, 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 bang. You can't hold this out for eight bars. You just got to hit it and go. Yeah, you know right. I mean? yeah, so yeah. I think that is sort of molded how I feel about that kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure. Um, let me ask you, you know, you've always been, well, I'm going to wait on that one. I want to ask something that you brought up before we were talking about the interview. You had mentioned that uh, at a recent wedding you had gone to but not DJed. You had seen, I won't say who because you didn't tell me, you saw a DJ who was actually advertising his business. Yeah, it's fucking trashy. <laughs> and I was... And I, I no, agree no, with no, you. no, 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 no. No, I no, totally no, no. agree with you. Yeah, it's fucking trashy. Uh, and but, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, no, fuck that business. He should not be fucking DJing. I'm sorry. Wait. I love it. You can, like, say... I'll, I'll yeah. tell people we, we put explicit, explicit marks on it. It's fine. I'll put an explicit sorry. mark for it. That's okay. It's fucking trashy. Uh, it's well, like... like well, I don't know if it's like the third wedding, then who gives a fuck? Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, no, no. I'm sorry. Like, if you're advertising like that, like, then fuck you. Then, like, if you have a banner up with your phone number and your goddamn fucking... <laughs> what? What? No, I just love it. I just love how angry Because my follow-up question was basically just going to be, how do you get booked these days, generally? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily want to. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't necessarily want to. Well, that was the thing we because of the anxiety. I don't want to have anxiety uh, around uh, somebody's big day that I don't have any like personal like like kind of like knowledge about or who they don't have like. You know what? I don't want to have anxiety about us like. Uh, I don't want to have it. Is ang it is, ang it is anxiety? Can I ask you a, a personal question? If you don't like it, you can say no. About anxiety? Well, because I've talked many times on this show, personally, about how I have panic attacks and I struggle with like okay. anxiety in general, and right. it's something that I've been pretty 
open about on the show. And I'm just curious, like, you, we've talked a couple of times about the anxiety of sort of doing this. Do you feel like you get anxious just in general? Is that like a, have you struggled with that? Or is that something that just comes with, like, work? Um, well, what's, what work? Like, do you get most, is the anxiety mostly, uh, like, with just doing DJ stuff or, like, getting booked and that thing? Or do you have, like, general anxiety? Too? No, you there's, like, like, general, yeah, anxiety. general anxiety. I think, uh, I mean... Maybe I haven't been... Well, first of all, I want to say, like, I don't know if you've been diagnosed. What I did... I was diagnosed with depression when I was younger. Okay. Um, my, when my parents got divorced, I did a little bit of... Okay. Uh, it's like a... What's the one who can't prescribe you medicine? A psychiatrist or psychologist? I, psychiatrist, I think, can't predict... Or is like, a psychologist? I, it's one or the other. The one, who, weird. the one who can't give you, like, pills. Right? The one who... Diagnosed you? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I went to, like, talk to somebody and yeah, they right. had sort of talked about, like, depression, right? And I was kind of depressed. And uh, I actually really like it and I always promote people to go talk to somebody like sure, that right. in a professional setting because... Oh, my God. It gives you sort of the tools to handle things on your own. Okay, right? wait, okay. Um, now, you went to a psychiatrist or a yeah, psychologist? psychologist. Yeah, when your parents got divorced? After my parents got divorced. Yeah. How old were you when this happened? Uh, this was like 10, uh, I guess about almost 13 probably actually. It was okay. after they had gotten divorced and I was sort of struggling with... Yeah, sure. Because my parents... Did they... So did your parents just like force you into like uh, uh, a treatment? No, like I not said, treatment, no, but like we, talking to them? It was something... Did they were like, they were like, do you want... Do you, do you feel like you need my to My family like, had been pretty open about any stuff like that yeah, in general right, anyway. Like, yeah, I, you know, yeah. we've had other situations. I won't blow up any other people's spots who had done this before and felt positive about it. So yeah, it wasn't, right. you know, yeah, right. I didn't try. I tried to go in with an open mind. And honestly, what was nice about it is, you know, you don't go to therapy to cure your problem, right? Like, I didn't go to therapy and they and they said, you have depression. And I said, I'm cured. What they say is like, okay, these here's are... Here's a toolbox. Here's your toolbox. Right. This is depressive behavior. Right, yeah, yeah. And if you can recognize this behavior right. in yourself and if you're strong you know you can use these techniques to get yourself out of it so a lot of it is they'll teach you something but it doesn't work unless you take home what it is yeah sure and and use it to your own example right yeah. well i don't think i would be like okay what you're asking is like uh well do i get anxious about this yeah. stuff and how do i deal with it yeah well, right well like well, yeah. Well, what was the question? Well, I was going to ask is like, you do a lot of gardening, I've noticed. Is that like something you do for yourself? Is that like a. That brings on a lot of anxiety. <laughs> in its own. <laughs> right, yeah, but it's kind of like nice to be out there. And it is like, um, it is, I mean, like, the rewards are, you know, food. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, and it's kind of amazing, like, to really, like, appreciate nature. And it is soothing. Mm. I really, uh, uh, my, my, She's calling us partners now. We've oh, been that's, together. that's a good one. She was, uh, she, when we got our house, she instantly wanted to have a garden, and I was not opposed to it, obviously, because I kind of wanted a garden, too. Because, sure. Right, so, uh, I really uh, feel like working with the, like, the earth and planting seeds and mm. growing food is like, it is soothing. It is kind of like a you have a connection to, like, you know, the earth, right that way, mm. and it is, uh, it is, it is stress reducing, mm. right? Um, the only thing that isn't, it's kind of like a, a double edged sword because you're like the the act of gardening, like weeding, planting sure. seeds, is soothing in a way, and it's kind of like methodical, and you can lose yourself in it, but at the same time, the worry that something might not grow. For the first couple yeah. weeks is a thing, and and like um, it's always been like the first couple weeks, 
um, that something's not growing mm-hmm. that you're kind of like worried like to death about, <laughs> then at the end of it, this is a beautiful one. Like now that we're okay, this season we're like, of course, the same. We've been doing it for like three yeah. years, yeah, and we've sure. had like success every year, mm-hmm. and it's always like the anticipation. The the next year yeah, is yeah. like even greater, and you want to try new things and get better at it, mm-hmm. and that's a thing that like um, is great about it is that like getting better at gardening mm-hmm. is. Uh, is something that I think everybody could like really just like benefit from. I mean, gardening like everybody should garden. I'm I'm sorry, like yeah. plant flowers, mm-hmm. plant stuff in the ground, work out in your yard. I mean, like if you live in an apartment, shit, fucking plant something in your fucking yeah. goddamn yard. Okay, it doesn't matter. But um, okay, what was the question? No, that was good. Like, actually, uh, <laughs> like, no, no, it is soothing and yeah. like like having food and we're at the end of the season now again and we know what to expect. There's like um, there's like kale left over. Mm. And it's, you There's know, kale left over. yeah, next year, <laughs> like, we got, like, a ton of, like, onions that we can cook with <laughs> yeah. up until November. Mm. We like cooking, too. So, like, growing your own food is, like, a thing that, like, yes, it is soothing. Mm. It's therapeutic. And uh, you're going to ask me uh, who is Thomas D again? No. At the end? Okay, good. No, I, I, I am going to ask you, though, real quickly, did you ever think about, like, doing as a DJ name or anything? I'd always just thought of you as Thomas D, as a DJ. Did you ever have, like, a working title for, like, a potential DJ? I thought, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. And, like, uh, somebody was, like, who, like, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, kind of like, like yeah. I mean, like, taste is something that you could develop on your own, mm-hmm. right? And it's also something that can be, like, kind of, like, Taught to you yeah. through like 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 n- like nuanced influence. Yeah. Right. 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 And like uh, no 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 like like techno bad guy. Yeah. That was gonna be my DJ name. I mean, I think that's the only name I could ever think of you as besides. Tom right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Techno bad guy was would have been my DJ name had somebody said, "How about just go with this?" And it was like, "Oh wow, yeah." Like, mm-hmm. cause like, I mean, you're gonna pigeonhole yourself, right? Well, that's that's the chain of influencers because there's definitely some aspect of your influence on like me and Adam and Eric and the way we listened to music and like thought about music too mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so thanks again for all that. I okay. appreciate you. You're all welcome. right, uh, and I appreciate that. October 26th, you are doing the Halloween Blood Bash. That's at Nail Creek. Uh, do you like Halloween? You a Halloween guy? Pro Halloween? We've talked about I'm Halloween with every person. Pro Halloween. Yeah. You got a costume ready this year? I do not have anything planned yet, but um, uh, me and my lady have historically been very hardcore about Halloween costumes, mm-hmm. and we have built our own costumes. We have like really gone like really. I mean, my my costume has to be functional, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, usually I'm DJing, but she goes fully creative. Oh yeah, like into the deep end and is all about that. And I encourage people to do that because it's a lot oh, of yeah. fun, right? I mean, Halloween is only as good, especially when you get to like older than like 14 when you stop trick or treating. Halloween is about as good as you decide you want to make it. You want to do something yeah, cool right. for it. You want to like you know. It's all about last your couple level years, of investment. Yeah, right. Last couple of years, I've been like, oh my god, you know what? Taking a break. <laughs> but 
You know, you really like. Uh, I think it's more fun when you really invest in We're it. We're doing right? that haunted house this year, so this is the first time that I've been relatively invested in doing some yeah, right. sort of Halloween type right, right. costume. You know what I really enjoy doing, and like, uh, like the like using actually the latex and stuff and making like <laughs> wounds and stuff. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it's like this is the thing. Like <laughs> I've done that before, yeah. right? I've like made like very horrific <laughs> like like I, I did like a bite. Like okay, this is with this was our costume one year. She was a fresh zombie. Right, mm-hmm. so we like she was a zombie, right? And I put like this gigantic bite wound on my neck that yeah. was ultra realistic with like latex. Like I parboiled some like uh, like ZD yeah. to look like <laughs> oh a, a like yeah, right? No, and that's this, impressive this is, actually. Yeah, no, this is the reaction that I got yeah. from most people is oh, that like, man. oh my god, that's disgusting. That's amazing. It's no, no, well, no, and it's horrid. It's like, oh my god, that's disgusting. It's like I'm like, wait a second. This is Halloween. This is like hardcore. <laughs> what if I showed up like to Christmas dinner with like? I mean, like this is this this is the this is the quote unquote holiday for this, right? I mean, I mean like, if you're gonna do it, I mean, I feel like you gotta go all the way. Yeah, right. I uh, mean, I've tried not to scare any kids this year, but I did. Uh, I did buy a mask for the the thing that is pretty. I'm pretty excited about. Uh, it may be the one that's right at the table in front of you. That's oh, the, this one. Yeah. What is that? Is that? It's. Is that? I'll show it to you afterwards. It's pretty good. It's. Uh, it's. It's got like a motion thing in it, so oh, it, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyler, I'm before not, I, I'm not into it. You don't like it? I don't even know what. Oh, it's some type of. You're gonna scare a lot of kids. with Yeah, this. no, I know I am. It's supposed to be scary. Uh, Thomas, before I let you go, do you want to do some lightning round questions before we head out here today? Wedding related? No, no, no. Wait, lightning, what? Lightning round questions. These are the oh same God, I don't know. Ask. Don't worry, they're pretty easy. All right, these are the same questions we ask everybody who's been on the show. Could you? Uh... Edit this so I can like have like paragraph answers. No, I'm not doing that. I'll tell you, you know why because everyone tries to win this game otherwise. If they know the answers before they, right, like, right, right. Yeah, all right, right. So uh, if you were casting, who would you cast to play you in the movie of your life? Oh my god! I've been thinking about it because I've been watching this uh, Breaking Bad trailer, but I think Aaron Paul would be a very good... Jesus Christ. Somebody else has said that about <laughs> yeah, it. I think it so be... maybe okay, like it's there's two out of like zero. Like, yeah, that's like, okay, whatever. He could follow you around and, like, just do your whole, like... Well, just... I just heard an interview on NPR, like, leading mm-hmm. up to, like, this new series with yeah, him. Yeah, the new movie, And yeah. he seems like, a, like, hey, whatever. He's like, a very chill dude. Yeah, he seems, like, chill, but he's... The difference between me and him is that he's, uh... He's very, uh... Um... Religious? No, like... Goal-oriented? Oh, no. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> but he's an actor. It's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, is there any embarrassing, like, fashion phase that you went through that you sort of look back and you're like, I wish I had not done that? Yeah, the whole, like, uh, fedora phase. You had a fedora? Yeah. Uh, right, it was a yeah. tough, it was a period. I remember that. I think you were, yeah, that was like, why did I do that? But nobody complained. I had the, no, there was a time, I think, in early high school, middle school, and the fedora was making its way around, and I, I, yeah. I was, I had a couple of those going on. I feel like, uh, like... Yeah. I was in a big pants was my era. Like, big, giant, massive pants. Like, Jenkos? Yeah, like, Jenkos yeah. and Pepe jeans and stuff like I that. I feel like, um, yeah, the, the less conspicuous you are now, the better. What's something that you're a big fan of that we wouldn't necessarily guess that you're a big fan of? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He's <laughs> just a big fan. <laughs> love him. He's a great guy. Um... I don't know. Do people suspect that I'd be a fan of video games? Probably. I wouldn't necessarily suspect yeah, that. Right. Talking to yeah. you. What game you play? 
Well, right now I'm doing Breath of the Wild. I just got. Oh, nice. The Goose Game is like absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's exta- It's like great to play that. Folks, that if you game. don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about something called Untitled Goose Game. Go look it up on Google. It's it's. Oh, you're playing it too. I'm familiar with it. I've not played it, but I've seen right, a lot right. of people like yeah, playing right. it on like. Uh, you should play yeah. it, and uh, everybody should play it. It's very relaxing. Did you play games growing up? Were you like a Nintendo kid, Super Nintendo, or any of that kind of stuff? Super Nintendo. I think uh, the the game that I really attached to like. Um, was Yoshi's Island. That was like the game where it was like, this is a beautifully crafted game. That's, and that's where it was like, oh my god, this is more than just like a side scroll. You just gave me heart palpitations. I talk about that game all the time. Yeah, Yoshi's Island is a... No game. one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. it's It was very late in the Super Nintendo's like life cycle. I love that game. I yeah. have it on emulator. If I ever get up my Uticast streaming video game channel that I've been talking about for years... I'll bring you back on and we'll play Yoshi's Island. Yeah, yeah, Yoshi's Island. I have it on the thing. Yeah, that's the one. Awesome game. Uh, What's a movie that you will always stop and watch if you see it when you're flipping through the channels? Um, I don't have any channels. I suppose. That's true. I don't have any channels either. I don't know why I phrased it like that. Yeah, right. Is there any sort of movie that you watched a million times growing up? Is there any movie that you always watch if you see it somewhere? Like on a streaming service, I suppose, then? No. No? Nothing? No. No. Not a big movie guy? No, I like movies, but it's like... I've, if, Are you not like, a repeat guy? Do you not watch movies over and over again? Uh, it depends on the interval between the repeats. Mm. Right? So I haven't watched it in a long time, and it is kind of like a nostalgia thing. Mm. Right? This is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like if you want to like go back to that and yeah. and tap into that nostalgia in your mind, uh. then like I'll go back to it. But like uh, Apocalypse Now? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I mean, that's not a nostalgia thing, but it's a movie that... like. Um, it's a great movie. No, it's a super well-crafted movie. Like, it's an awesome yeah, right. director it's like, doing movie. his thing. I feel like the the movie I always talk about, especially because around Hollywood, I watch, like, John Carpenter's The Thing, like, once a year. I feel really? Like, oh, I love that movie. Wow. I just think it's a really, really smart movie about, like, paranoia. And, like, it's it's awesome. I love that John Carpenter's. That's the... the, the ori- not the one from 2011. The one with, like, the uh, Enrico Marconi soundtrack and, like, John Carpenter's doing all this stuff. It's awesome. It's so Wait, good. no, because there's Kurt this Russell. thing that was, like, back in the 50s. Oh, right, yeah. No, 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 no the yeah, Kurt yeah, Russell right. one. Yeah, that, okay. That yeah. one. Wow, really? I love that. I have to revisit Dude, that's that. that's a great soundtrack. Okay. Really great, like, cinematography. I am Macron- like, what's his name? The guy who did, uh, uh like, Marconi. Big, like, it's either, like it's Good, either, Bad, and the Ugly? It's either him or Carpenter did it himself. I forget who okay. did it. But the soundtrack is awesome. I'm going to be okay. annoyed if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um. I am too because I'm gonna watch this movie and it's like nope. this. this Any more cone did dope. not do this. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. A TV show. A uh, book, album, movie, or show that you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Any of those. Things. Can I? Uh, how many of there? I like, do a book, an album, a movie, or a show. Can I do all of them? If you'd like to. Okay, not reading any books. No books. Uh, <laughs> Zero books. <laughs> right at this point. Um. Oh wait, no. Actually, uh, Saving Seeds is one that I've been referencing now because we're at the late season, and I want. This is the first uh, season that I want to hope to preserve seeds mm. to use in my garden next year. So the so saving, saving seeds, mm. I don't know who it's by, sorry. That's fine. Uh, it. Yeah, but it's kind of like, it's, it's like, like mm. really, okay. But uh, Album? Anything you're listening to? Uh, yeah, Ahmad Fakroon. Ahmad Fakroon. Uh, a Wedney. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a album from the 80s mm. by a, by a Libyan 
Of course it is. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, course, but it's really good because like he's got a lot of like Western influence yeah, in it yeah. too. So it's from the eighties and it's kind of like got that disco funky thing going mm-hmm. on and it's very like very it's like a perfect um it's a perfect uh like mm. like it's perfect. It's it's really beautiful. The sound is beautiful. He really did a great job and he's a master. Uh, oh. Movie and show were your last two. Um, Frasier. I've been watching Frasier. Frasier? Yeah, it's like so, so like, it's got so much weight nowadays. Like, watching is like, wow. Like, that, really? No. Like, really? Really? Yeah. It's weird. Huh. Frasier. Watching Frasier. Weird. You yeah. go back and watch an episode of Frasier. Oh, now. movie, uh, I, this time of year, I watched, well, uh, The Witch, which a oh, lot yeah. of people are, like, really, like, disgusted by. Yeah, people hate that movie. I yeah. like that movie a lot. I liked it too, but like I'm like one of those types of people who watch a movie and just see all the subtext. So, and then there's that other movie, uh, it's uh, Hereditary. That was amazing too. That really. was like, yeah, those two that, movies, like it's like that wow, movie like, was hard to watch in a good way. Like, I it was amazing. It was so well crafted. I love Tony Collette. I never want to see it again. Yeah, <laughs> was, right. I was yeah, like, yeah, I emotionally distraught. But The Witch, I mean, that was like this. I mean, like that's, that's a so. perfect. And oh, uh, books around this time of year, I always like. Uh, I have this like a uh, short story book of like Washington mm. Irving. Books, oh, nice. With, with like the whole like Sleepy Hollow and like all that crap. But it's very, uh, it's very uh, like Hudson Valley like mm. oriented. Whatever. I like reading that around this time of year. The guy who directed The Witch. I just want to come back to this real quick because I just saw this a couple days ago. Uh, Dave Eggers is his name. He's the director. David Eggers, I believe. He has a new movie coming out this year. It's called The Lighthouse. Okay. And it's another sort of like psycho... It, go watch a trailer for it. It's a black and white movie he's doing this year with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as these two lighthouse keepers, like isolated in this lighthouse, kind of going crazy. Okay. It looks unreal. I'm beyond fascinated for huh. it. You should check it out. Especially, it's the same guy who did The Witch. So if you like The Witch, I think it'll be in your yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, okay. Thomas, I want to thank you for not just a great weekend and doing a great job at this wedding, and I really appreciated seeing you there. I want to thank you for just doing a big part of like making Utica in the past and being around and being yeah, on the show. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming back and doing this. Yeah, um, I'll get into the four years I have to come back. I know. <laughs> well, I don't really like talking about myself. I'm not very uh, every well. It good takes at four. That. Years, it takes four years to get enough yeah, stuff right. to talk. It's like maybe, I'm, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, this is basically how the last one ended. <laughs> so we'll be back to the show <laughs> just a minute. should have uh, prerequisited before we did the interview, but uh, sorry for all the folks out there who weren't prepared for Thomas's obscene language. He doesn't like to swear, so I did have to put the explicit mark on it, but that's okay. Ah, we swear. I was I swearing know. in the segment before, too. I tried... Not like him. <laughs> I don't mind. Tried to censor my guests, though. That's okay. No, that's course. how he is. That's the real, raw Thomas D, and we love the Raw, him. unfiltered content. Raw, you keep coming back every Tuesday on Stitcher. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> speaking of hard-hitting content, we're rebranding. We're, we're changing the whole oh, show. I had no idea. We're gonna be like an obnoxious like morning show from the early two thousands now. <laughs> Famo in the soul.
Yeah. No. I hate it and I quit. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. Famo in the soul. All right, speaking of things you guys hate, history lessons. Here we are. Oh, it's that sign. I forgot about them, actually. Of course you did. Oh. Uh, I, got, I have to admit, these are like, they're, they're like, C, I don't they're C plus at the best this week. Uh, on this day, 1926, uh, the first Winnie the Pooh book was released. Do you know the name of the author, the man who created Winnie the Pooh? Can you guys know? Because I didn't know it. Yeah. It's a weird name. Yeah, it is. You want me to You want to give no. you a second? No. A.A. No. No. A. A. Milne. A.A. Yep. Mm-hmm. A. Milne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he based the bear on an actual teddy bear owned by his son, Christopher Robin, who's the, uh, who's the inspiration for the character. The rest of his toys were actually also incorporated into the story, so Piglet, Eeyore, the Tigger, most importantly... Uh, there's actually a real Winnie the Pooh bear as well. Uh, that's what the toy bear was based on. It was a Canadian black bear at the London Zoo. Uh, that was then elected to be the president of China. Yeah, that is correct. You uh, you skipped me down. In the pub in the People's Republic of China, images of Winnie the Pooh were censored in mid 2017 from social media websites when internet memes comparing Chinese Paramount yeah. leader and Grand Secretary Xi uh, Jinping. I always screw his name. Xi Xi. I always screw it up. <laughs> Mr. Jinping. Uh, to Disney's version of Winnie the Pooh. I think that's hilarious, by the way. It's, it's just, like, super soft-skinned. That's not even a... You'll see that with all, like, the dictators and hardos and idiots. They all have that, like, notoriously just really, really thin skin for stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Don't pick on me. You're picking on everybody. Dish it out, you can take it. Uh, the actual name, uh, Winnie the Pooh, is censored from video games in China. Uh, it's also censored on social media. So All, weird. Although, if you go to Disneyland in Shanghai, there are still two Winnie the Pooh-themed rides. So even even China, not ready to like tell Disney what to do. <laughs> Disney still does what they want, apparently. I have no history with Winnie the Pooh. Unlike like Disney movies growing oh, up. Oh, man. I used to watch it when I was little. Yeah, I remember I watching. Watch Winnie the Pooh. I don't remember if it was like, was it all one movie when we were a kid, or was it just all in one VHS? Like between where Pooh gets stuck in rabbits hole in the wall, between when they get lost in the woods. No, I used to watch like little TV shows. Mm-hmm. So there was a TV okay. show. I watched a TV show. I had. All... I think they split that up on the TV. Mm-hmm. I think is what it mm-hmm. was because it was like almost like episodic, but in a movie form. Yeah. I don't really remember formats from when I was a kid. But there wasn't I remember much. Watching it a lot. There wasn't much here in terms of the actual show. This was most like most of the history I found was about the book. Right. Uh, matter of fact, the actual toy bear is still on display in the New York Public Library. So if you're ever in the New York City mm-hmm. Public or New York City Public Library, you can go see the original bear. Uh, but again, I loved Disney movies as a kid, but I kind of I missed most of the Winnie the Pooh stuff. Uh, that's about it. All right, on this date, 1961, uh, the classic musical How to Succeed in Business opens on 46th Street in New York City. Uh, it's based on a real book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which was from 1952, and the play is actually about this guy reading the book and using the techniques to, like, rise up in the business world. It's like a sort of a screwball comedy kind of thing. Not the most famous Broadway play, uh, and a matter of fact... It's sort of like the show Mad Men. It's sort of set in that era. So when the original show came out in 1961, it got like really positive reviews. Mm. And people were like, this show is so hilarious. And it's so funny and so timely. And then when they redid the show in 2011 for the revival, they're like, wow, this show is really sexist. They treat the secretaries poorly. And it's just like, it's funny that this show was well-received in the 60s. Like treating your secretaries like crap was normal. But in 2011, people were not pleased by by the humor and comedy. One of the few like retro shows that I feel like it's too retro for its own good. I only remember this show 
because in high school, this was the last musical that I did before I retired from musicals. I, I, yeah, I played, I played the villain. His name was Bud Frump. He was the bad guy. It was also when I learned that playing the bad guy is always more fun than playing the good guy. Like, you get better songs. You get better dialogue. Um, I had to sing two songs, a song called Coffee Break, uh, and then uh, a song called Been a Long Day, and they were quite good. Check out How to Succeed in Business without really trying. It's all right. Uh, 2003. I'm going to give you a name, Heather, because I don't. I think Kev probably knows this one already. You ever heard of the name Steve Bartman? I don't know. Never. Not, this isn't cross isn't. It's a sports-related thing, so no, I was curious. No, of course I haven't. <laughs> uh, on this day, 2003, uh, uh, Chicago Cubs fan Steve Bartman uh, deflected a foul ball out of the hand of Chicago Cubs infielder Moises Alou. Uh, what would have been the second out of the inning turned into a another play. The Cubs would go on to let up eight runs that inning and lose to the Marlins. They would not get to the World Series. At this time, the Cubs had not been in the World Series for like 100-plus years and the interesting thing about Steve Bartman was he became a pariah, a real-life, like, people hated him. He got death threats. Like, one of the first times I'd ever seen, like, a sports story take on a life like this where people were viscerally angry and sending, like, letters to his home and, like, protesting him. Uh, do you remember this at all, the Steve Bartman thing? I, it seems it seems it weird that it was terrible. such a... It's, it, it's terrible. crazy. There's a whole documentary about it from 2011 called Catching Hell that ESPN did, which is about, like, what happened to his life and... It's just so. It's just weird that sports has this way to like make people so viscerally angry when in real. It's just a game, but like so many people wanted to. Kill they don't this have guy. hobbies or anything. Yeah, that's all there is. Is that? Wow. Okay. So they have to get angry about it. It's weird. Uh, the Cubs, to their credit, have come around on the story. Uh, the Cubs won a World Series in 2016, like five years after this, uh, and after they sent. Like, that was a lot more than five. Was oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 13, 13 years after, five years after the documentary came out, sorry. Uh, and they sent Bartman a, a, super, a World Series ring as an effort to try and, like, bring him back in. I think that most Cub fans, after they won the World Series, felt bad and kind of came around. But it makes you wonder, had the Cubs not won the World Series, would people still hate Steve Bartman in Chicago? Would he still be, like, a local, like... No. Probably. You don't think so? No, you because you get over stuff... The reason he lasted so intensely back then is because the news cycle used to move slower. No, people get over stuff. Yeah. They're not going to hate you. Like, yeah, are you a lot of the reason that your team didn't win that game as a fan? Yeah. Like, did you make a mistake that you wish you could take back? I'm sure. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it was just a thing that happened. Um, but people move on from it. People are going to curse his name forever and, like, try to keep up with what he looks like 20 years later. See, I, I, I think, I honestly think that in the era of, like, social media, if they had not won that World Series and the Cubs fans didn't have, like, this thing, like, I think Bartman would still be sort of like, it'd be like the GOAT curse. It'd be a thing that they talked about in Chicago still. Remember when Bartman lost us the World Series even though they weren't in the World Series? I it's feel like, like sports fans are unforgiving. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, they would they'd still talk about it. It'd just go away a lot quicker. Yeah. Nothing lasts in the news cycle anymore. Literally nothing mm-hmm. lasts. Some people would bring it up when you're in Chicago, and yeah, there'd be, like, hardos and old-timers yeah. and, like, really extreme personalities mm-hmm. who, like, latched onto it. But, yeah... Uh, all right, on this day, 2007, Keeping Up with the Kardashians premieres on the E-Cable Network in the USA. Kevin, have you ever watched any of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? I mean, any? Probably any. Yeah, I used to flip. I used to have channels to flip through. I don't know you if I've ever... I mean? So it would be on, you watch. But like, I've never I've never actively, like, watched, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. No. Hey, how about you? Have you seen a couple episodes? It's kind of like a show I ran into. 
Yeah. Would, Did yeah. you know that there are seven? There are currently seventeen seasons of this show. I can't believe that it's. it's yeah, but season doesn't mean the same. Yeah. That's not. Well, it's been on for twelve years, so seventeen seasons over twelve years. It's still a lot of content. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that they're still like putting out new content at this point of like the original show. Well, now the little sisters are bigger and getting. Well, that's the other thing. They keep spinning off all mm-hmm. sorts of shows from this to varying degrees of success. It's kind of an interesting like business model. Like it, you like the shows are obviously not good, and they've been getting critical, like, critically panned since they come out. But I guess who cares if you're just making money? Yeah, what is, I mean, what does good mean in that context? You can't put it in the same kind that you look at like Breaking Bad and Sopranos. But well, yeah. the plot development, keeping up with the Kardashians, leaves something to be desired. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. It's like aspirational daydream porn for idiots. <laughs> uh, usually, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know. Of course, they, I nobody can blame them for not being intelligent. That's the one thing I they can have your opinions about these folks yeah. all you want. They know what they're and, doing. And, you know, they sound like idiots and look like idiots. They're probably idiots in a lot of avenues of their life, but you can't tell them these people are dumb. They don't want to make money. Despite negative reviews from critics, the show has been nominated for and won several TV awards, uh, including a lot of Teen Choice Awards. Teens seem to like this show. I mean, again... Yeah, that's who this stuff is for. Yeah. It's not for us. You know? <laughs> I mean, again, Kim Kardashian... Like, I can't believe that she's as big of a star now as she is uh, in, like, today. But, again... Grind to make that money. I can't really be mad at anybody who's just like, I'm going to keep putting out content and making money. I guess good for you. People still want to buy it. Uh, anyway, let's go on 2018 to something people no longer want to buy. Uh, American retailer Sears files for bankruptcy. We had a Sears we did. Uh, in the mall. I can't remember that. that was, it's been a while now since that's been gone. 10 years ago. Uh, like no, that's crazy. Not that Eight, long. Five years ago? Hmm. I'd be more comfortable with five than I would ten. Okay. Uh, although they sort of started off as like a mail order company, the first St- Sears retail stores were opened in conjunction with their offices and typically in working class neighborhoods far from main shopping centers. One of the things that Sears did that a lot of other stores didn't was it catered particularly to men. Like it was one of the only department That's what you stores. Think of it as a guy store. Yeah, Appliances it had like hardware, and, yeah. building stuff. I think that was kind of their shtick for a while. And they also had like what was it, Craftsman Tools? That was like their mm-hmm. in-house brand. Mm-hmm. Which when I mean, I guess that was a thing that was important to people at a time. Craftsman still sounds like a name that makes a difference. And you see like your tires done there and stuff, and people like to get mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. And this doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was one of the first sort of stores that was oriented for people to drive to. Like it had free on-site parking, and it had very clear like setups. And it was again sort of pioneered the idea of you going to a place in your car with your family to go shopping at once. Uh, the Pinnacle was in 1972, uh, 1974, when it was one of the biggest uh, department store companies in the world. Uh, in the 80s and earlier, it was like the largest retailer until Walmart and Kmart surpassed it in the 1990s. So by 2018, it was 31st. So that was when it really fell down. Like Walmart and Kmart kind of came in and stole all their thunder. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, there's a lot of great reading to be done about Sears and like why they fell apart and a lot of the huge, huge mistakes mm-hmm. they made at like corporate and uh, organizational levels and different stuff like that. It's a really interesting story because they didn't have to fail and fall as fast as they did, but they made a lot of a lot of just like dumb mistakes mm-hmm. and you know arrogant things on their way down that really hastened their fall. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's weird, like, it, it, we've seen a lot of stores, like, come in and out of, like, our malls over the years and stuff, but, like, I don't know, when you're a kid, you see, like, the big stores in the end feel like they're always gonna be there when you're a kid. (laughs) It's just Because when you're a kid, they always were there. Yeah. Like Bradley's. Bradley's. Yeah, it's different. I would have ranked. Circuit City. I would have ranked Bradley's below Sears if we were tearing out oh, like the, sure. the the mall stores. I'm trying to. J C Penney would have been the top. I guess it's still there. I suppose, right? They just 
Day of the Kings. Mm-hmm. Now it's like Dick's Sporting Goods, the only thing in the mall I feel like I get excited to go to. Just got like sort of. Like, I was like, you put some respect on Target's name yeah, right Target. now. Sorry. I feel like Target Target's doesn't feel like better. it's actually part of the mall, though. Yeah, it's part very of the much mall. by design. It's <laughs> barely got a door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't want anybody to know. <laughs> it barely got a door to the mall. Um, so I. <laughs> I had uh, I had one uh, story that we were going to talk about earlier. It was sort of like the um, the no duh science. Like sometimes there's a story that comes out that you're like, well, that makes total sense. Apparently, uh, researchers from Northwestern Medicine have found a link between sleeplessness and a desire for high fat foods. So apparently, the more tired you are, the more likely you are to want to eat garbage shit. food. Garbage, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hundred percent. Yeah, duh news. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I guess it's the downer when that's validated by science. You're like, I always thought that was true, but yeah. now I know for a fact. Now I can't deny it and just eat late at night anyway. Uh, the only other thing I guess I want to talk to you before we get into um, our questions from other blogs. Uh, I think there's a presidential uh, debate. There's a debate this week. Is there not? Is there like a... I can't keep up with them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Uh, but... One of the people who did qualify for the next round of debates, surprisingly to some people, is entrepreneur Andrew Yang. We've kind of sort of talked about Andrew Yang a little bit on the show. Yeah. Um, I feel like he keeps qualifying for all these debates and hitting all of these like um, like these pinnacle numbers that he has to get, like donors and followers and all that kind of stuff. And people still aren't really taking him very seriously. And I'm curious to wonder what it is about him that people don't seem to want to take seriously. He's not, like not, not a serious candidate. He- so even just even though he's meeting all the threshold numbers, that doesn't make him a serious you candidate. Threshold numbers because you're on a campaign doesn't mean you're like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not really a serious thing. I don't think there's anybody. There's not a large enough plurality of voters who are going to take him or what he has to say serious enough to be a real candidate or contender. No. Do you think that the thousand dollars a month like universal basic income is kind of a detriment to him because it's the only thing that people like? Talk about him about no, because it's the only reason he's the only reason everybody's talking about him. Mm-hmm. That's his whole. That's he rose to prominence in the back of that one idea. Not to say the guy doesn't have other ideas, other things to say. Right. That's certainly not what well, I'm saying. But like that was, you know, that's like saying, hey, is this like is this band? Is there one big hit? Is that a detriment? Not really. Yeah, I just mean I feel like that's such a signature platform for him. That any platform he pushes out sort of has to compete for air with that. His main initial platform is probably hard for him to get newer stuff over when that's the one thing kind of hanging over his head. That's all I was sort of thinking about it from that perspective. Um, all right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. How are you going to vote for Andrew Yang in the primaries? No. <laughs> you don't want $1,000 a month every month? I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, I'd take $1,000 a month if you're going to give it to me. That's not really how it works, though. No, I, I know. There's going to be other catches to that. <laughs> sure. It ends up being like 50. Well, not even that. you got to pass it. You can't yeah. just be the guy, oh, I was elected, so I made this rule. That's not how it's it like works. It's like the old, we're going to cut taxes. <laughs> Are you guys ready for some uh, some bits from other blogs, and then we'll call it a day? Sure. All right. Uh, this is sort of a sports question, I guess. So, Heather, sorry if you don't like this one. I hate it. Uh, when uh, Ichiro Suzuki retired from the Mariners, a lot of people said he was my favorite player who was not on my favorite team. So, Kevin, who are some of your all-time favorite players who are not on your favorite teams. I don't know. Um, Michael Jordan when I was a kid? I don't know. Michael Jordan. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., probably I figured, fa- those, probably. Those were my favorite teams at the time, though, so. I figured Ken Griffey, probably. It was my favorite You're team. Favorite team. Playing, yeah. I, I had a, a little kid. I had kind of a short list on this, uh, and I'll just hit you real quick. Uh, when I was a kid, I liked Ken Caminiti of the San Diego Padres because he had a goatee, and I thought that was cool for, like, a period of time. I was like, oh, I wish I had a goatee. Uh, I didn't know that he was like a steroid riddled maniac at the time, but Ken Caminiti. 
Uh, also, uh, former uh, Indiana Pacers six-man and occasional starter Austin Crozier. Uh, I don't know why. I just liked him. He was a basketball player for the Pacers. Uh, former Montreal Expos and Anaheim Angels star Vladimir Guerrero, because I always thought he should have been on the Yankees, and it was like Vlad. made me angry that he wasn't on the Yankees. And then I would just I just wrote down all soccer players because I just seem to like all the soccer players, even the ones who aren't on my teams. Mm. Uh, also, oh, my answer is uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim. Sharif Abdul Rahim, that's a good one. Randy Basketball Moss. Player for yeah. Randy Moss was another one that was on a lot of people's lists on here. People seem to really like Randy Moss as a player. Mm. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Um, okay, here we go. What are the best and worst states to have as a given name? So this is like <laughs> you see a lot of Dakotas and Montanas as actual names. Uh, what are some of the better state? I, I think Tennessee Williams is one of my favorite names of all time. I think Tennessee is a pretty good state as a first name. Mm. Uh, Virginia and Georgia were some that people talked about. But mm-hmm. Those also happen to be actual names. I had a hard time coming up with good ones, but the two worst ones I thought of were Delaware and Connecticut, right? Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Rhode Island's a bad one. Call, That'd be a horrible name. You could call Connecticut, you could call Connie. I guess. Connie, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything with like new would be tough. Well, they new, said in the question, York, new. Yeah, if you new take out name, north, south. Yeah, if you take new out Mexico, this is my kid New Mexico. Yeah, my Mex. <laughs> really with that. Call kid Louisiana. Call him Louis. Louis, Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I actually Alabama can call L. Yeah, you could do Alabama. Yeah. Alabama is like a Arizona's cute girl's name. Bad. Alabama L. Call L. Give your boy's Allie, name. give me a girl's name. Okay, you could do either. You, I yeah. like uh, Arizona. Or, Arizona's not bad for a name. How do you Ari? Sergeant Ari? Yeah. Oregon. Yeah. I don't think you can do much with Oregon. Montana sounds like a dog's name, not a human's name. Monty. Well, Montana, Montana sounds, sounds like, like a guy name. who like sounds like a last who name. Lifts or something. Montana. Yeah. I'm big muscle guy. Big, really? Montana, Montana makes you think of that. That's why. Makes you think of a guy who rides the horses. Idaho would be pretty bad. Terrible. Idaho might be the worst. Uh, Idaho's pretty tough. Idaho's pretty bad. Oregon? Eh. It's kind of... Not, it's not as bad as Idaho. Utah? Johnny Utah's a good last name. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, and here's just a generalized... This is a, a more broad question. I don't even know if this is a right or wrong answer. But having this argument with my coworkers for two months now, and it's split almost 50-50, is water wet is the argument. People say water's not wet; it makes you wet, or water itself is wet when you touch it. What's your What's your take on this side? This is like is a hot dog a sandwich? I guess. I think it's important that we make sure that we're properly funding uh, education in public schools. <laughs> Kindergarten through twelfth grade. Um, I think you know, water's we really wet. Gotta make sure that we're funding our. Public Where do you schools. find these questions? I have my sources. I don't want to even know. Uh, yeah, water's wet. Is water um, wet? It's 50-50 at his work? I, well, I think the idea Where is... Where do you work? No, I hope it's no more diseducation. It's probably some argument that's like, it's not wet because it's it can't be wet because liquid is a liquid. Like, there's some argument along that side, like some it's sort bad of... bad argument. Yeah, okay. All right, it's right, it's a go. poor argument for these uh, folks. <laughs> Thank Get one of those people on the... I'd like to debate yeah, I want to talk about the water people. person. If That'd you think fun. water is not wet, come on the podcast and we will... See you next Monday. <laughs> okay. uh, follow Heather at Heather Waz one Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me on Twitter at SF Doom. Or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week on another episode of the Uticast 2.0.
226. Just numbers keep going up every week. <laughs> That's how it works. Hi. That's how numbers work. That's how numbers <laughs> work. Sequence. It's the whole system. Three, four.